Did you know that your teeth aren't exposed bones? They're actually evolved fish scales. I feel like I heard. Did you did you tweet this? I did. Yeah, I was just. I feel like I heard that before, and that is terrifying. <laughs> How is it less I terrifying like than it. exposed bones? I don't know, but it is. I think it's because like I have bones, but I don't have fish scales. Yes, you do. They're in your mouth. Well, I know that now. Hello and welcome to Fuck Me Dead, the podcast that brings you the stories from Australian buddies that just make you say, fuck me dead. I'm me. And I'm me. Sweet. <laughs> what, 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 what's your name? No, who cares? Oh my god, just say <laughs> your fucking name. No. They can go back and listen to a different episode if they want to know my name. <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> it's called marketing. <laughs> it's really not, but okay. Nah, it's CJ. <laughs> I'm Amanda. Uh, dare I ask, how are you? Awful. Um, that's not good. Mm. What's up? I don't know. Is the is lockdown getting to you? Possibly. I, yeah, I don't know. I, I mean, it, it feels pretty rough at the moment considering it's getting worse here and not better and there's really no end, I think, to lockdown at this point. Yeah. So there's that. Um, hard to keep a happy face in when you're facing that. Yeah, what was the statistic sure. someone pointed out the other day of the past 365 days of the year? Melbourne spent 200 of them in lockdown. Yep. It's pretty rough. Pretty rough. Particularly hard when, yeah, we don't know when we're going to get out of lockdown at this point. Yeah, I definitely think we're going to extend it past September 2nd. I think so too. We're up to, what, 70 cases a day now? We're up to 70s in our cases today? Yeah. So that's something. Do you hear they're protesting lockdown in WA? They aren't in lockdown, are they? No. They they want more freedoms though. And like the the fucking I saw it on TikTok. They had like a someone was walking along in a park with a bunch of Western Australian people and they're like, despite having no lockdown and no face mask mandatory and no I don't I don't know why, but I suddenly understand why the Premier there is so uh, adamant about making sure it doesn't get into a state if his people are that stupid. <laughs> Fucking I was going to say, he, surely the border's closed there. Well, yeah, WA's like the least affected state in the entire country, isn't it? Because the Premier's like, fuck this. Yeah, like someone sneezes and he's like, all right, shut the border. <laughs> so I just, I don't, I don't even know if that's true. I just assume that it has to be, has to be locked. Mm. The rest of the country. Especially since like, you know, we're just, I don't know, it's burning around us at the moment. Yeah, I um. Got my flu jab since, not my flu jab, my COVID jab, I guess, since last time we... Oh, yeah, I was going to say, that, that was exciting. You got your um your first your first dose. I think today's the first day where it isn't still sore. Well, if I push on it, it hurts. Okay. It was quite red and itchy yesterday. I got, I got a bunch of shivers. Um, it's mm-hmm. about almost 12 hours exactly after I had the jab that I felt myself going over the top of the roller coaster and into illness. Okay. Um, and, and how long do you reckon, like, the symptoms lasted? Uh, most of the first, most of the day after was like just with chills and like exhaustion. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then the day after that, which I think was Friday, I was having dizzy spells, just kind of like the dizziness when you stand up too quickly. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. And then seemed to have been fine ever since, apart from like several days of arm pain and itchiness. I feel like that happens even when you get the flu shot though. Although, and I don't know if it's related to the dizziness, on Friday night as I was finally starting to feel a lot better, I accidentally kicked my toe into a metal chair leg, uh. and 
I've had to tape it to the other toe. I don't think I broke it, but I definitely did more than just stubbing it. So, Ugh, ouch. Could be fracture. Well, I mean, there's not much you can do for that anyway. No. I just limped so. to the uh, chemist warehouse and bought some tape. Um, yeah, well, that's not good. Well, that's what I'm going to get there. Well, no, I just mean doing that to your toe's not good. Ah, like, I didn't fall over immediately. It was only, it's in the middle, like, one of my smaller toes, so it wasn't too bad. Mm. The time I did it to my big mm. toe, like, I stood up straight away and, like, went into a wall, so. Jesus. Well, I'm also getting my first uh, vaccine this week. Mm. What day? In the Pfizer. I'm getting it on Thursday. Ooh. So, don't really know what to expect, since it seems like everyone has wildly different experiences. Mm. So... Because, like, I was under the impression that with Pfizer, it was the second dose that you got the chills and all of that. But then I was talking to someone who's had both doses and they said, oh, no, the first one was worse for me. So I was like, oh, okay. Literally no idea what to expect. Roll of the dice. I guess we'll just see what happens. Bit nervous. I have a very bad needle phobia and I'm not keen, but I'm also keen at the same time. I was going to say, I've had the AstraZeneca yeah. needle, but I don't know if... I assume the Pfizer one would be similar. Yeah, I would think so. Like, the the AZ needle was tiny. They do show it to you. Well, the flu shot one is normally pretty small as well, isn't it? Yeah. Because I never feel that one. They do put a lot of liquid in, though. Ew. Like, anyway. like five mils. I'm like, okay. I'm just hoping that... Because you said that they showed it to you. I don't think I can handle it if they show me the needle. Yeah. I don't think I'll... I don't know what will happen. <laughs> Yeah, you know, I have that. Especially since I'm going to be going on my own as well. So it's like, eh. I mean, I went on my own. Like I could yeah. have like a, have like a panic attack or a, or you getting faint or done it like a GP or no, no, I'm going the same place you did. Oh, I mean, if you want, I could go around and wait outside for. It's okay. I just I need to be a big girl and just do it. Well, I can at least talk about that next week about how that was. Because I don't know, I think like well, for a lot of people in our age range, anyway, they haven't had it yet. I'm kind of curious about what's going to happen. Yeah. You get it and all of that. I think it's worth talking about. Yeah. I guess like COVID related since we got told recently that people enjoy our COVID rants for some reason. Oh, don't worry. My stories are probably going to spiral us into a few of those. Um, I, I, Are you going to talk about the protest? No. Okay. Well, let's just have a quick chat about that. Them people are fuckwits. Yep. Um, I think that about sums it up. Yeah. Like, I just, I don't know, like, I just don't understand, because, like, obviously, I, I'm i assuming that everyone else has read news in the past week about how violent it was. I also do want to have, like, a quick moment to talk about media bias as well, because the articles that I read in relation to the protests were so wildly different that it kind of blew my mind. It really depended on any. where you read it as to who, what side they were on. Interesting. I, I found very interesting. I definitely read multiple articles that were sympathetic to the protesters. Were they the Morrison papers? Not I don't the Morrison know. Ones, the, Daily um, Mail was definitely one of them. I don't know who owns Daily Mail, I'll be honest. Mm. But, like, there was one article that I read um, because they used the beanbag bullets or whatever. Yeah. And they had, like, photos of someone who got shot with one who had, like, um, a really bad bruise on their chest. Uh, and they interviewed that person and they were going, oh, you know, if they had shot that at a small child or a pregnant woman, someone could have died, blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, why are children or pregnant women in the front line at a protest? Yeah. What? No, he just wants to seem like he's a hero because he didn't get killed by it. I don't know. I saw footage on Twitter today of some dickhead riding bareback on a white horse through a crowd and then like of protesters being like, they're trying to arrest all of us. Like. And then no one followed him. I loved that. that and then there's, like, just... people, like, holding up these signs saying, like, freedom and shit. It's like, who the fuck do you think you are? Do you think you're, like, William Wallace or some shit? 
Like, what is the mindset here that you're like some fucking crusader and history books are going to remember you as like yeah, the that's great not liberators and the fucking, yeah. you're right up there with like the fucking Russians who marched into Berlin and, you know? Yeah, no. Do th- you think history's going to look back at you as like those, those Russian dudes holding up the fucking Soviet flag over Berlin? By the way, two of those Russian dudes were Muslim. I okay. found out recently. Yeah. Interesting. <laughs> yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah, like I... I had an argument with a friend who was in the UK who um, compared our government to Nazis, which I'm like, look, I get I get that lockdown is tough. It's tough for everyone, especially since we've been through so much of it at this point. I get that. I'm not saying this is a good time or anything like that. We would all have shit that we would rather be doing. And I think I think that's universal for everyone who's mm. going through that, right? But, you know, you're being paid to be at home if you've lost work. They should and you're just being asked back. to stay in your house. The other payments, but yeah. Like, do you know what I mean? Like, you're just, you're just being asked to stay home. Like, this isn't oppression. Yeah. If you hate your house that much, that's not really the government's fault. Yeah. It's just- I mean, that's why I've always felt, and even now that I am also affected by the lockdown, as in I've lost hours, I'm now working half of the hours I normally would, I still think that way. Mm. Like, that has not changed my mind at all. Yeah. I think that it's worth staying home so that people don't die. Just because, like, you might not die doesn't mean that you won't pass it on to someone who might. Mm. And I don't understand how people aren't empathetic to that. Yeah, I, I don't get like, it. I don't even like most people at the best of times. I still don't want them to die. It just blows my mind. And then, like, to have that protest, that stupid fucking protest that achieved literally nothing apart from probably bankrupting some of those people. Why Why did you bother? I mean, I I'm don't sure understand. it helps spread some COVID around. Yeah, great. Because we want the lockdown extended. Have you heard about in Sydney, there's a man on the run from the police who's confirmed he's tested positive for COVID, but he doesn't want to isolate? fucking kidding me? Nope. Why are people so awful? This is why I don't like people. It's just like, it's such a truly bizarre time to be alive. I, like, I don't know. I haven't left my house in a week. No, six days. At all. And I'll be honest, I've stopped going for walks because the walking tracks like around me are full of people. They're all not wearing masks. They're all in groups, like very clearly breaking the rules. And I just don't want to expose myself to that. I don't want to get sick. Mm. And I kind of feel like it's that simple. I, I don't understand, like, you know how Gladys is like, well, we have to learn to live with it. Why? Just because your state yeah. failed. Every other state did fucking has beaten it. And now every other state is sort of failing because of your failure. It's insane. I, I just, I don't understand why you would just want to live with it. Why would you want to get sick? I mean, there's so many people that, with that attitude where they're just like, oh, just like let it run through. But why do you, like as a person, want to get sick? Yeah. I think a lot of people understand. still look at it and think like, oh, well, we live with the flu. And it's like, we do. But even if you're like, yeah, all right, the flu kills thousands of people a year and it's awful and we live with it. Mm-hmm. But also like if you get the flu and you get over it, that's usually it. It's not going to cause you lifelong damage. Yeah. I mean, have you, how many times have you had like the actual flu? I I want to say maybe once, if ever. Yeah. I have literally had the actual flu one time. And I'm going to tell you that was bad enough. I literally felt like I was going to die. It was like about maybe on the fourth day where I felt like, actually, maybe I might survive. <laughs> <laughs> like, it, it's not a good time. Like, wh- I don't understand why you want that. And that's just the flu. Like, most people survive the flu. I mean, most people will survive COVID. That's true. But then you have like other complications like long COVID and all of like, yeah. And then a lot of people who struggle when they have it as well, like people that end up in hospital Hmm. that still might survive. I'd also be arguing that it's maybe we're wrong that we're so complacent with the flu. Well, I don't think that the flu is as contagious Hmm. as COVID. Because yeah, like I said, I've literally had the flu once in my life. 
And that was and that was actually because I was in a crowd. Um, because I got it from City to Surf of all things. And there's a part of me that's like, who the fuck was running 14Ks with the flu? But okay. <laughs> but yeah, I was in a group of thousands of thousands of people, which is another side note. Wild to think about now. Mm-hmm. Like, I can't imagine at this point being in a crowd that big. Even sometimes I like watch stuff, not like it'll be like something older and like people aren't like social distancing and stuff. And I'll be like, oh, you can't do that. Yeah. I mean, people are like, let's return <laughs> to normal. I'm like, this is the normal now. Well, I mean, I think this is going to be the normal for a while. Yeah. Like, I don't even think, you know, like, I feel like Australia is like, oh, yeah, vaccination is the answer. We'll get to 80%. That'll be the end. We can go back to normal life. I, it's not going to be normal life. No. It's not going to be like pre-COVID life. I'll be able to go and do shit, but I don't think it's going to be the same. <sighs> and like, that's unfortunate, but I think that's just something that we have to accept. We'll get better, I think. Yeah. I don't want to dwell too much on this because we're likely going to go into it during my topics anyway. So, and I have to edit all of this in one day because we're recording it on Monday afternoon. Again, which we have to stop doing. Yeah. Um, okay. I just can't find uh, any motivation, ooh. all right? I mean, I struggled, I struggled last week. That was the reason we did it on Monday last week. It's because of me. Did we do um, it on the Monday last week? I don't think we did. Oh, no, I don't think we did, actually. We did it on the Sunday night. We almost did yeah, it on the Monday. Almost. That's right. Anyway, it doesn't matter. Uh, should, okay, Headlines. Yes, I have a new name, possibly. Tell me mm-hmm. what you think of okay. No Time, Just the Headline. <gasps> I love it. Yeah. No Time, Just the Headline. Let's do it. Have you yeah. got any? Uh, I've got two. Okay. Uh, first one up. Bonky Beach, couple caught having sex on Bondi Beach clifftop in front of shock sunbathers during Sydney lockdown. <laughs> <laughs> Not from I the mean, Daily Mail, that's the sun. <laughs> oh, Jesus. Okay. Um. I mean, I shouldn't laugh. But it is still kind of funny. There's a photo and it's like them fucking half up clifftop and then there's like three people enjoying the morning sun like above them on the oh, cliff with no, no idea that it's happening. <laughs> Does that constitute your outside exercise time? That's what Twitter was asking. I like that we all collectively went to the same place. <laughs> uh. My other one, female prison warden quits after Scottish inmate secretly films himself kissing her in his cell. Okay, was the kiss consensual? Yeah. They're, okay. they're making out. Right. Okay. That's um. That's an abuse of power. Um, okay. Uh, middle schoolers lead effort to pardon wrongly convicted witch. <laughs> All right. Didn't know that was a thing that still happened. But okay. Um. I don't know if you've seen this story this week, but I've seen it a few times. Why the alligator trainer who was attacked says that she still loves Darth Gator. <laughs> Darth Gator. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it was a wild story. I always did anyway. one headline, but I don't feel like it really... Like I feel like this actually needs to be like laughing and kind of funny, humorous headlines. Well, uh, it could be a mix of both. I guess. Well, then, did you hear about the car that crashed and exploded in a fireball outside the hospital here in Melbourne? No. Yeah, it like hit a tree and exploded. Um, unfortunately, a mother Jesus. and her two young children are inside and they all died. Oh, no. Yeah. It, like That's Fucking terrible. like movie-style car crash. Oh, my God. Like, what the fuck? Okay. Jeez. All right. Fuck. Mm. Um, I don't know if I can say my next one now because <laughs> it feels very inappropriate. See, I told you you can't have the big sad ones. <laughs> yeah, okay. Maybe you got a point because my next one is sexually frustrated sea snakes mistake scuba divers for potential mates. <laughs> <laughs> Let's not get started on how we don't know where eels come from. Did you see that TikTok? I've known about this thing with eels for a while, but yes, I did see the TikTok. I, I had no idea about that we didn't know where eels came from. Yeah. For those of you who don't know. And that know, they just like go into the Bermuda Triangle and then come out with new ones. Yeah. Well, no, the old ones don't come out, just new ones come out. 
But I think it's weird that, like, we've dissected eels, but we can't find sexual organs in them. Yeah, like, we can't figure out how they're reproducing. That's fucked. Anyway, only recent. I think that was like this morning. Oh. I was struggling to get out of bed. No, I've known about how we didn't know where eels come from for a while now. I mean, eels are gross. Doesn't surprise me. Anyway, nude man stabs second nude man on <laughs> Seattle sidewalk. <laughs> You're stealing my thing. <laughs> or was it like meet me on the sidewalk naked? No, I like to imagine they're like <laughs> they're like I'm gonna make headlines today by being a random nude guy on a Seattle sidewalk, and then. <laughs> You know, like when you go to high school and the other girl wore the same outfit as you. It's like, oh, no. <laughs> oh, dear. Okay. Continuing on the naked theme. Uh, naked man arrested after floating down. Um, it, it's a river. I'm not going to try and say that because I don't know how to say it. The sheriff's office says he sang God bless the USA as he floated down river. <laughs> uh, sounds like he's I mean, it a sounds good like time. he was having a good time. Yeah, yeah absolutely. <laughs> um. Man arrested after deputies find stolen horse inside bedroom. That's not a staple. Just the logistics of that, Hal. I don't think I could fit a horse in here. Not of all my stuff Yeah, that's in what here, I'm saying. Least. Most bedrooms, you wouldn't be able to fit a horse in. It's probably got a McMansion. Maybe. Um, Ed Sheeran and Cradle of Filth are planning a collaboration. I don't know who the second one is. Oh, you've never heard Cradle of Filth? Nope. Oh, okay. Well, they're wildly different. Huh? Anti-vaxxers think their pure semen will skyrocket in value. <laughs> Fucking hell! <laughs> yeah, I'm in that. Uh, to be alive. I'm in that unvaccinated semen trade. <laughs> that was the last one. Um, uh, so I, this episode might be long. Fuck. Um, because I have an update on the Summerton man. Okay. Um, I guess if you don't know what I'm talking about, we did cover it in episode 49. God, that was a long time yeah. ago. A long time ago. I didn't realize it was that long ago. Uh, but basically, he was a man that was found on Somerton Beach in 1948, and we still don't know who he is. But they were going to exhume him and do a DNA test. So we they, have... Have ex- they have exhumed his body. Mm-hmm. So that happened back in May. Um, unfortunately, I don't have an update on his identity or if there's any findings from that yet. Mm-hmm. But over the course of this week, a story did come out about him, and it's basically just another witness but I found it very funny, so I'm going to share it with you right now. Okay. Um, so it's taken 70 years, but Roger has finally come forward and admitted that he was, when he was a kid, he's seen the Simonson man's body on the beach. Apparently, he's been telling his friends and family this story for forever, but never came forward to authorities. Huh. So one of his friends dobbed him into the media, <laughs> which I kind of love. <laughs> so Roger recently gave an interview with NCA Newswire that he had seen the Simonson's man. The, the Summerton man's body at around 7 a.m. on December 1st, 1948, um, while he was walking his dog, Dandy. Okay. Roger was only about 11 at the time, which, and I'm like, and he was fucking out on the beach walking his dog on his own, but I'm like, it's 1948. Yeah. Of course he was. And initially, he thought the man was sleeping. So I guess if you're also not familiar with the case, he was found slumped against a wall with like his head down. He really did look like he was sleeping. I think a lot of people thought that he was just drunk and passed out. Mm. But he said that when he got to around 50 meters from the man, his dog ran off towards the Summerton man and peed on him. <coughs> yep. Like, this story is about a kid whose dog peed on the Summerton man's body. Tamon should. <laughs> so, <laughs> Fucking hell. <laughs> so, Roger had this to say about the incident. He said, I was a bit embarrassed about it at the time but there was not a soul around. I thought it was a bit strange because I thought it would have woken him up. So I went over to him looking very closely to see if he was breathing. The closer I got, the more I realized that he wasn't. 
he ran home once he realized that the man wasn't breathing and told his mother that he'd seen a body on the beach. So I could, like, at first I was like, why wouldn't you just come forward if you've been telling everyone the story for years? And I'm like, oh, okay. Yeah, you don't want to come forward and be like, yeah, my dog pissed on this dead guy. <laughs> exactly, exactly. So uh, his mother did report it to the police, um, but he didn't know if the man he had seen was the Summerton man until later. Mm. So, but anyway, I've got another quote from him about why he didn't go to the authorities. So he said, uh, the reason I haven't got back to the authorities since then is because I only saw him and that's, that's it. Well, yeah. I could only describe how he looked and where he was. I can't see that it would be, be of interest to them for me to own up because I didn't touch him. Well, I mean, at least you explained the dog. I see a fair bit of his face. Well, yeah. <laughs> I mean, I'm sure they just assumed that a dog ran up and peed on him. <laughs> but yeah, he also said, I could see a fair bit of his face and I remember having memories of his face. There was a bit of color in it. Hmm. So he may not have been dead for very long. At the time, yeah, but yeah, I just I needed to I needed to share it. I needed to share that a story came out this week that some kid's dog peed on the Summerton man's body. Jesus Christ! <laughs> I think I'm gonna go first. Okay, go ahead. So by the time this episode goes live, uh, it'll be nearly a week since I received my AstraZeneca shot, and in about another eleven weeks, I'll be you know wanting to get my second dose. I'm gonna try and push for the twelve week cycle. Don't want to go for the eight because mm-hmm. it's something stupid like fifteen to twenty percent more effective if you wait. Uh, and I know I'm not going to have a hard time getting it because in Australia, we're now sitting on 6 million AstraZeneca vaccines that no one wants. I was literally listening to a podcast about this this morning. And many people have just cancelled their AstraZeneca appointments because prime fuck-up of Australia, Scott Morrison, has announced that from August <laughs> 30th, anyone over 16 is eligible for Pfizer, which, mm. not a bad thing in of itself, it's fine. But this should have been announced weeks, if not months ago, that you could have gonna- Pfizer. I, well, I mean, yeah, I, I think the rollout has been excruciatingly slow. And on top of that, he should have told the premiers that he was going to announce this before he told oh, everyone. Oh, absolutely. Because he didn't tell anyone. Yeah. He just came out and said, oh, hey, guys, i got fucking vaccines coming. Such a fuckwit. He's such a fuckwit. And he's like, honestly. now made it sound like if you wait two weeks, you can get the provisor, not the scary AstraZeneca that the media's made you. Yeah, but that's also not true. Yeah. The AstraZeneca has made you wary of for no reason, and Australia is the only country in the world that is afraid of the AstraZeneca vaccine. Nowhere I mean, else that in the world part is true. Is like this. And as Dan Andrews has said, and I quote, I haven't seen that Pfizer stock. Is it even here? I hope by the end of the month, 16 to 39 year olds can get Pfizer, but I don't know whether they will be able to. The best vaccine is the vaccine you can get today. And that's a good point. Where is it? He's just said you'll be eligible to get it. He's not saying that there's more coming. Yeah. Yeah, so what I heard is that they were just opening bookings for him. Yeah. Not that they had the stock, but that you could book for it. Yeah. So that still means that you might be waiting months exactly. to get a Pfizer vaccine. So even if Scott hasn't cocked it up again, and there is some big supply of Pfizer about to come to Australia and all the 16-plus-year-olds, you know, you're not going to be able to make another booking for two weeks anyway. Because he announced it, what, mm-hmm. sometime in the past week. So there's a two-week delay between when he announced it and when you can go for the booking. And it's not going to be two weeks. That's just when you can make your booking. When I got my AstraZeneca booking as soon as I was able to, and I early psychic, it was 10 days. And if I didn't take that 10-day time slot, it was like the next month. Jeez. I don't, I don't know why he would announce it ahead of time as well. Yeah. So all he's really it's done, no sense. in the best case, all he's really done is delayed the vaccine rollout by just two more weeks. But it's going to be more Which than that once. The- we can't really afford. And also, like, there's no way that he's going to be bringing in enough of the vaccine for every single person who doesn't have it yet. Demand will outstrip supply. Yeah, absolutely. And you're going to have people who would have had the AstraZeneca vaccine within these past two weeks who are now sitting around waiting for Pfizer, and they're not going to be vaccinated, and so they're going to be waiting. Uh, I I don't know how you've done it so badly. I literally just read a tweet 
before this we started recording from Dan Andrews saying there are fifty six thousand yeah he said vaccines that in the press waiting right now in Victoria you could go and get an AstraZeneca vaccine right now if you can oh man now today it's August twenty third today we've had nearly nine hundred new cases of COVID between New South Wales mm-hmm. and Victoria by the time this episode yeah. goes live that means it's likely we'll have had nearly n- another two thousand people diagnosed with COVID. If you take just the seven-day average as of right now, which is only 637, so it's going to, you know, it's an average that's going to lowball the estimate. Yeah. And I definitely don't expect the case numbers are going to start dropping suddenly. You're looking at another 5,096 people at least being diagnosed before they can even make the bookings. And it probably will be more. (laughs) And like, how many of these people we're going to get AstraZeneca that are now going to get sick with COVID the next few weeks. Yeah, like, I I genuinely don't understand the... I mean, I do understand the hesitancy, but, like, the risk is so minor. Like, I would would assume that the risk of getting, like, a flu shot or something that we all get that no one thinks about... Okay, if you take birth control, Mm. which no one thinks about, you can die from, right? I would assume that the risk is probably the same or less than those things of something going wrong. Yeah. And like I'm It's just because it's, you know, something that we haven't had before that people are freaking out about it. I've said before that if I was able to get AstraZeneca, I would absolutely would have done it. Mm. I was only because I had a health thing that I can't, but or that I shouldn't have. I guess the thing is I probably could have um hit back and went, Well, no, I'm just gonna get it anyway, but I also don't want to die. Yeah. Weird. But yeah. <laughs> so like if I could have, I would have. Absolutely would have. I want to know how many people who are going to get vaccinated in these next last two weeks of August have cancelled it. How many of them are going to now get COVID yeah. while they're waiting? How many of them are going to I lie mean, in their hospital bed and regret the decision and ne- never going to get up from that? Mm, you know, who's yeah. just killed themselves because Scott Morrison said you can get Pfizer in two weeks? Honestly, why is anyone even listening to Scott Morrison anymore? He doesn't know anything. Yeah. Listen to your premier. Well, maybe not Gladys at this stage. She's also fucking losing it. Well, I mean, they're, they're one and the same at this point. <laughs> Yeah. Listen to a good premiere. Just pick one of the other states. <laughs> They're all fine. Uh, um, like, but yeah, I, I just it's really upsetting how badly they've fucked this all up. Like, when I say they, I mean, like, federal government. Yeah. It's like, I've written here, why is New South Wales leadership just seemingly already given up and they're admitting defeat? And then they're yeah. telling the rest of the country that we all have to fucking live with it. Because of them. No, we fucking don't. All the other states yeah. beat it, New South Wales. You're the ones who have fucked it up. In fact, it's because of your fuck-up that the rest of us are in lockdown anyway. Yeah, it is. We had literally just come out of one, and then your state fucked us, and now we're back in one, and I think we're going to be here at least mid-September. Well, I've said before that I think that we're going to be fucked until it's not an issue in New South Wales anymore. Yeah. Because it doesn't seem to matter that the borders are shut and all of that other shit. It still gets in here somehow and fucks us. So as long as they're, you know, having hundreds of cases a day, it's always going to be a concern for us. Yeah. And if you're living in New South Wales, you need to be ready to, like, you're spending Christmas in lockdown. I mean, at this point, it kind of seems that way. Like, Unless something drastically changes. Be prepared for that, because I think it's going to happen. And I hope I'm wrong, but and it must be frustrating, because, like, I'm not even, even living in that state, and I see the people out there in New South Wales doing the wrong thing. I don't know it's not all of them. It's not, it's not even anywhere near mm. the majority of them. But, like, I don't know, you know, like... Yeah, well, I mean, it sucks for us as well, because, like, we have family... In New South Wales. Yeah, I, like, we're from New South Wales. Yeah, I'd like to go and back and visit people. It'd be kind of nice after a shit year. But 
I haven't seen anyone in so long that I'm like, I would love to be able to go back for like Christmas or something. Yeah. And all these like dickheads out there being like, oh, we live in a dictatorship and they're oppressing us and blah, blah, blah. I kind of wish we were because then they'd go out and fucking put an end to you and we wouldn't have to deal with your bullshit anymore. <laughs> you can't say that. Oh, fuck it. I'm leaving it in. I'm angry. Okay. All right. Fine. Yeah. It's very difficult. And I think, I think the thing, because I feel like everyone this round of lockdowns has been like in a way worse place than the other ones. And I think... It's mostly because this was so avoidable. Yeah. It could have been avoided. We didn't need to be here. Yeah. Um, I've already been through this long fucking lockdown. I look at like people in Mel in Sydney now complaining about how long their lockdown is and stuff. And I sympathize. I do. Mm, I also same. look at it and I'm like, I fucking did this last year for you people and your state's just fucked it up. And I'm like, oh, they're like, oh, but it's Delta. It's more difficult. I'm like, it doesn't matter. We've already seen other states beat Delta. Yeah. Queensland and like, did it. And this is the thing. <laughs> We did it um, here briefly, and then you fucked us again with it. Um, and this is the other thing, and I don't think that I appreciated it as much at the time, but I do now, is like last year when we were in like the 100-plus day lockdown when, you know, Daddy Dan was saying that we were making the sacrifice for all of Australia. Mm. I didn't appreciate it then, but I do now because I've realized that not every state is willing to sacrifice that for everyone else. Yeah. <laughs> I, I know. I feel like, so like without like trying to like make it sound like, ooh, we're so good. If you ever wanted to have no, the debate end between who's better, Melbourne or Sydney, well, clearly it's Melbourne. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I'm inclined to agree at this point, but uh, it's just um, it's just very frustrating. And I get I get that people are frustrated because I I am as well. Like I would love to be doing other shit right now. Yeah, I just don't see an end while it's so out of control. I mean, I was talking to someone last night who lives in a regional town in New South Wales, who currently has a think about. A, they have 200 and something cases, but over 100 of those, they don't know where they came from. It's baffling to me. And that's, yeah, that's not a city. It's fucked. I'm sick of, like, just waking up every day and waiting for it to be time for me to go back to bed because I have nothing to do. I mean, yeah, I have more free time now than I think I've ever had in my adult life. And I have nothing to do I don't do really know what I'm doing. And people are like, oh, you could be doing all these hobbies and stuff. No, I can't. I have no space. I live in a shoebox at the moment. There's nothing for me to do. And my internet sucks. I just wait. I'm fucking bored. And every day I see, like, Fucking leadership being out there in New South Wales and dickheads protesting in all these different cities, and they're just I'm just like, you selfish prick. Yeah, I, I mean that. What the? And, fuck I mean that's what it boils down to, doesn't it? Because it's it's really is just about pure like selfishness. It's not anything else. It's oh I'm inconvenienced, so I'm gonna yell about it. Yeah. It's not like considering anyone else in that situation, which I that that's the thing that I think I find the most frustrating about the protests. Why don't we just you know, tell these protesters, why don't we go put them out in some fucking deserted outback ghost town and they can sit out there and do whatever the fuck they want to do? Mm. Yeah, I don't know. Can't really do that, I guess. Well, um, my first story is terrible also. so um, Don't worry about it. My second one's bad too. Excellent. I hope you guys are ready for it. Good time. Um, yeah, this story is definitely going to upset you. It upset me, um, which is why I've decided to just get out, out of the way, over and done with it at the, at the start. So, trigger warning, this story is about pedophilia. Cool. I guarantee you're not going to enjoy it. So, if this is an issue for you or you think that it might trigger you in some way, I would suggest skipping forward. I will put a timestamp in the episode description. I'm not going to go into any explicit detail, but it is upsetting. That's a good so, if that is a concern. For pedophilia, really? Um, pedophilia. You're not going to enjoy it. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, usually, I don't use people's full names on the podcast, but I have no problem with this one because this guy is a piece of shit. Um, so Matthew James McIntyre, who is 35, by the way, so keep that in mind while I tell you the story, 
um, has been found guilty of impregnating a 13-year-old girl that he met on a teen dating app called MyLol. There are teen dating apps? I didn't know that either, but yes, there are. Yeah, that sounds like a makes sense, fucking though. minefield of uh, bad choices. Well, okay, I actually did look at the website for the app because I was genuinely curious because like that sort of thing didn't exist when I was a teenager. Mm. Um, and it does kind of seem like they have pretty strict um, rules around like ages and who can be on there and that kind of thing. Obviously, you'd have to you get around those things if you really want to, but I'm pretty sure they're pretty strict on, mm. you know, yeah, who can join basically. Uh, so he apparently tried to say that the only reason he had the app was because him and his adult partner used to use it to communicate, um, which I don't buy at all because they're both adults, um, who lived in the same house and could literally use any of the probably hundreds of apps to communicate it. Facebook Messenger, texting, WeChat, WhatsApp, Snapchat, Twitter DMs, Instagram messages. Yeah. That's what I'm saying. That's probably a billion I don't know about. But no, nah, man, the uh, uh, the encryption on WeLol is fucking amazing. It's got the best chat features. <laughs> so it also says on the app's website that you must be between 13 and 19 to use it. Mm-hmm. So he clearly lied about his age somehow on there. Which still puts technical adults in touch with minors. This is true. Um, but I guess it's teen app. Yeah. He's still a teenager at 19. I get it. I also think it's not um, as bad as, like, a 35-year-old. Oh, yeah. There's much less of an age gap there, you know what I mean? Um, Anyway, (laughs) but he tried to claim that he thought the girl was 17, which I guess is technically legal, but still very, very questionable. Um, But it was later revealed that that wasn't the case due to, like, screenshots about them talking about her, like, school. (laughs) Um, So he knew what grade she was in. So he knew. He knew that she wasn't 17. So the reason that they got found out was because a youth worker from a residential care facility found explicit text messages between the two. This now makes the situation even worse. If it wasn't bad enough already, it's even worse because this girl was clearly vulnerable and going through a, a tough situation if she was living in a residential care facility. Mm. So she was living there because her father is terminally ill. And I think it's pretty clear to pretty much everyone that he was taking advantage of the unfortunate situation that that girl was in. Yeah. Um, so all round piece of fucking shit. Basically. So the text messages that were found showed that the girl was actually trying to get out of the relationship, but he was being very persistent. Okay, so I have a quote from the judge that presided over this case, and they had this to say. They said, You, on the other hand, persistently expressed a desire to meet up with her for sexual intercourse, even saying that you wish to get her pregnant. At one point, somewhat oddly, you expressed a wish to adopt her and introduce her to your girlfriend and daughter. Oh, what the fuck? Even when your victim told you she feared she was pregnant and would have to have an abortion because she was unable to cope with a baby, you suggested that she ought to keep the child and continue to have unprotected sex with you. What the fuck, dude? Like, this dude is clearly fucked up. I I don't... I don't understand. Um, So it's not like her getting pregnant was an accident either. That was clearly exactly what he wanted to happen. I wonder if his plan was, like, get her pregnant, then get her in the house somehow. I'll adopt her. We'll look after her. Like, it's fucking weird. Yeah. This is like an Anision level. I was of- just thinking that, actually. Yeah. Because <laughs> this is kind of the exact thing that he did. I mean, not the pregnant part, but. So when the relationship was reported to the police, they asked the girl to take a pregnancy test, which was positive. She later had the pregnancy aborted. And I Good. cannot imagine the kind of trauma that is on a 13-year-old. I... I really hope that she's okay, but 
I, I just can't imagine anyone being totally okay after going through something like this and then having to have an abortion. Yeah. Well, I'm like, fuck, um, better than having the fucking kid, right? Well, I mean, absolutely. Like, it's absolutely the logical and better decision for her for the rest of her life. But I still think that there's got to be some, like, well, pretty large level of trauma there. I, yeah, I, I can't imagine going through something like that at 13. So now that you know the whole story, you know what happened, do we want to guess the sentence oh, that he received? Oh, fucking two days of community service, probably. And uh, don't do it again, you <laughs> naughty boy. <laughs> Look, it's a bit more than that, but you're not, you're not far off the mark. So he was sentenced to three years and nine months with a non-parole period of one year and 11 months. Cut his dick off. I just, I don't understand how that's adequate. So if if that isn't bad enough though, right? Microwave is nuts. Sterilize him. <laughs> so the judge refused to give him the 40% sentence reduction he was entitled to mm-hmm. because he entered an early guilty plea. Ugh. So technically, he should have got 40% less. Fucking blows my mind, honestly. I don't understand how, even like the, you know, nearly four years, I guess, the three and three quarters of a year, it's not fucking adequate enough for that. That I can guarantee that girl's going to be still thinking about it in four years. Yeah. I don't think it's an adequate enough punishment. She won't even be out of high school I yet. that's fucked. No. That's what I mean. Like, what the fuck? So he'll be eligible, uh, eligible for parole in July 2022. 2022, mm-hmm. so less than a year from now. So, yeah. So this happened a little while okay. ago, but not too long ago. Um, but he can um, apply for parole uh, less than two years into his sentence. <sighs> so I don't understand how the justice system works. I just I don't. Oh, God. That's the whole story. I'm mad. But, I'm going to make you yeah. angrier. I, I mean, you probably did see this. Oh, it came God. out yesterday and was all over Twitter. Uh, Berkshire Council in far northwest New South Wales found itself in the doghouse after it came out on Sunday afternoon that the council has been shooting and killing several of the dogs in this pound that were due to be picked up and rescued by an animal shelter from Cobar <gasps> in a neighbouring government region to the south. What the fuck? So these dogs were due to be rescued and they shot them. Why? Well, the council- Surely they have to give some reason for the that. The council has had this to say on it. Quote, Council decided to take this course of action to protect its employees and community, including vulnerable Aboriginal populations, from the risk of COVID-19 transmission. Essentially, they feared that the volunteers coming in from outside the area to pick up the dogs would then bring COVID in with them. What? Should be noted at the time of writing, which was literally like two hours ago on Monday, that I wrote this, uh, there have been no confirmed cases of COVID in Cobar, although I will note that the health service has said they have found fragments of the virus in the sewage system. And look, I agree, if you're, like, you want to protect your community from COVID, I fucking get it. You don't need to kill dogs to do it. There are a lot of other ways you could have done. You could have held on to the dogs. Yeah, absolutely. You could have driven the dogs to a meeting point outside of town. I just feel like there are so many other ways that this could have been dealt with, and I don't understand how they would have ever thought that people, after learning this, would be okay with it. And then going and being like, I get it, Aboriginal populations are more vulnerable to COVID, but also it kind of sounds like you're just putting that up as a shield for yourself, being like, oh, we did it for this. Not only that, it seems it's not the first time this council's been questioned in regards to shooting dogs to euthanize them. So what you're telling me is that they're actually just fucked. Well, from the sounds of it, there is apparently no requirement in New South Wales for councils to tell the government how the animals under its care in their pounds are being killed. So it sounds quite likely that across New South Wales, most a lot of councils are shooting dogs. Oh my god, that is so sad. Mm. Those poor dogs. Yeah, so like all those dogs are being rescued. I will 
the article does mention one of the dogs was a recent, like, a young mother, or, like, recently pregnant or something like that. But, yeah, the people in Cobar were trying to call me, like, can we come pick them up? Can we come pick them up? And then it got found out that the dogs had all been shot already. I guess shooting them is a humane... Yeah, I look, I, I, I feel like some people would be upset that the dogs were shot. Um, maybe... I mean, I was initially when I heard it. I'll yeah. But, or, like, that, that's what, how councils are killing them. But maybe it's... Personally, I'm like, I think that's an okay way to deal with having to put down dogs. It's quick. Yeah, it's violent, but it's not like... It's quick and it's cheap. You know, they don't have to spend a lot of money. Uh, and also, it's just what I got used to growing up in New Guinea. People shot their dogs all the time to put them down. There was a guard dog my mum had at one of her factories that got out and obliterated a puppy in front of a bunch of kids, and she had that dog put down, because she's like, I'm sick of this our dog anyway, so... Uh, yeah, I mean, it's it's also somewhat normal for me. Yeah. Grew up with someone who grew up on a farm. That's the way we dealt with things. But, like, so I guess I get it. It's fairly humane. Mm. It's quick. Still don't love the idea. Yeah, it's that they weren't put down properly. But my main concern, well, my main issue, I guess, is the fact that these dogs were about to be rescued, and they had like they sound like they had places yeah, they were going that's to. That's the really upsetting part. Like that, that is the upsetting part that they had somewhere that they were going to go where they were going to be looked after, mm. and instead of letting those people take them, they just shot them. That's fucked. Yeah. And like I said, there are better ways you could have done it. You could have waited. You could have told them you can come back up when you've had a COVID test. We'll drop the dogs. It's the outback. There's plenty of space out there. You could have met halfway and dropped them in an exchange between cars. Like, I don't know. It's it's dumb. Yeah, I I, I fucking hate everything about them. That's, like, that's just... the end of my bad stories in news today. <sighs> okay, well, I'm going to bring it up <laughs> a little. Okay. Yeah, I, I'm, I'm going to try. I'm going to try because I've got a good UFO sighting for you because <laughs> I feel like it's been a long time since I spoke about UFOs. Okay. Are you ready for this? No, let's sit here for five minutes in silence. I ain't got time for that. <laughs> <laughs> so this is an old story, but it only came out recently. Um, a book got released about UFO sightings. Mm-hmm. So this happened in 1991. <gasps> Before Color TV. How old were you in 1991? Not born yet. I wasn't alive yet. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) So you do realize that there was color TV in 1991, right? Okay. Just making sure. Just making sure. But you only had two Um, colors. So it's not. Oh my God. Uh, So it's 1991. It's about 2.30 in the morning. And we're in Northwest Cape in WA. Mm -hmm. And Annie was leaving a late night party at the United States Naval Communications Station Harold E. But Holt. shortly, she was not okay. <laughs> um, so the US was about to hand over this site to Australia, um, and the party was to farewell some of the Americans who had, had been working there that were now returning to the US. Mm-hmm. Annie had maybe, you know, partied a little too hard, got a little too into it, because she ended up being stuck without a way to get home. So obviously this is in the fucking middle of nowhere. Yeah, and she hitchhiked with aliens. And... No. Oh. <laughs> Um, uh, the local taxi that had stopped for the night. So two Australian Federal Protective Service officers offered to give her a ride home, okay. which she accepted. I think you would feel pretty safe saying yes to that. Yeah. So it was only a few minutes into the journey when all three of them noticed a long diamond-shaped craft hovering overhead. She said that it had rows of lights running towards the craft's tip and it was gray, like a dark gray in color. So even though it was quite, it was a dark color, it still stood out from the night sky because it wasn't black. Mm-hmm. And apparently the same craft had followed those officers the night before. So they were saying things to each other like, oh, it's back. 
Mm-hmm. So the craft then shot straight up from the right-hand side of their car before dropping down almost instantly on the left-hand side of the car. Okay. Annie said that she recalled screaming at this point because she was now worried that the craft was following them, and it did. It followed them for about a K, a kilometer, which probably should – not everyone uses kilometers. should be conscious of that. Um, Most people do. Before it sh- – <laughs> Yeah, well, makes sense. Uh, <laughs> um, so it followed them for about a kilometer before it shot up into the night sky again and appeared to land in the bush a few hundred meters off the road. Um, and he said that she could still see the light shining from underneath the craft through the trees. Okay. So one of the officers wanted to get out and go take a photo, but uh, Annie wasn't having any of it. She's like, Coward, no, Annie. Take me home. Take me home. She said that she was terrified. Try to fuck them aliens. You would have been a legend. Clap those alien chicks. Yeah, you would have been a legend in... <laughs> Almost thirty years later, when, was that twenty nineteen or twenty? It was twenty nineteen. We we're gonna like invade Naruto, yeah. run it. It fucking, was pre-COVID. Yeah, yeah, it had to have been. <laughs> yeah, this is what Annie said. She said, "I ran to my home on the other side of town. I ran to the house and locked the doors. I was so freaked." Um, and she also says that she doesn't really care if people think she's crazy. She knows what she's seen, and she says that whatever it, that craft was, it moved at an incomprehensible speed. Sounds like a fighter jet to me. Grey. I don't know. Yep, that's about the right colour. Yeah. Diamond shape. Yeah, they kind of are from underneath when they got their swept back wings going on. Would they really be like at car height? Oh, was it at car height? Well, she could see it at the window, like next to her. Yeah, well, it could still be above her. I guess. They can fly pretty low. American base right nearby. They're probably doing shit at night with their jets. Also, sounds like she was very intoxicated. Well, well I mean, likely, but drinking. there's three of them. Yeah. So makes it a bit more credible. Um, I'm not saying she didn't so, see anything. Oh, I'm sure. She, I'm sure she's seen something. Yeah. What happened after that, though, is mm, a bit questionable because she had two American military policemen pay her a visit at work mm-hmm. two days after the incident. Yeah. Um, and she was then led into a room to speak with them. And when she got in there, the two AFP officers were there as well. Mm-hmm. And she said that they interrogated her for hours, asking her to describe what she had seen. She was asked to draw it. Um, and in the end, they told her that what she had seen was a weather balloon and to not worry about it. <laughs> yeah, never, nah, it was a fucking plane, man. She it's, saw us. Why is it always a fucking weather balloon, by yeah, the way? How, how like, often do you see those fuckers? that's what it says I'm... in the manual for these FBI agents to be like, it's just a weather <laughs> balloon, don't worry about it. Nah, she saw some fucking <laughs> experimental always... jet that she wasn't meant to, and they're like, fuck, we better make sure she can't leak secret design documents to a foreign country. Well, she even said that one of those AFP officers basically told her to never speak to him again because he was so rattled by the experience. Apparently, those um, American military officers went to his house, went through all of his shit because he had a camera with him that night. Yeah. And he did take some photos of it when it was near the car Mm -hmm. and, like, destroyed any evidence of it. So, look, I'm not sure I believe aliens. No, it was fucking... I would love love to believe aliens. I would love it. But they were near a military base. I think it was something that they weren't meant to see. Which I think is pretty much the case all the time. Because it always happens near a military base. Well, not always. But like all the famous ones, like Roswell and stuff. It's like, you know, it's, yeah. Well, yeah. Yeah. I don't know. I think it'd be really dumb of us to believe that we're the only living beings in the universe. Oh, no, I definitely believe there's other life out there. I just definitely don't think it's visited Earth. But why not? Why not? Why is that not possible? Because it's really fucking far away and space is fucking huge. Yeah, but that doesn't mean that they're not more advanced with technology than we are. I mean, we're not seeing any signs of them. Maybe that's because they're that good. <laughs> I mean, is we can only really search for what we use. So if they've advanced beyond us, then yeah, we're not going to probably recognize yeah. it. But I mean, the universe is not that old. We could be the most advanced civilization. Oh, God, that is so depressing. I don't want to think about that. 
Um, but yeah, like I, I would love to. I would love to sit here and say, oh yeah, I absolutely think it was aliens. I don't think it was. I don't think it was. Nah. Too close to a military base. I'm sure it was just that they seen some experimental technology that they were not meant to see. Yeah. I think that's it. Same. It's a fun story, though. It is. I definitely think she saw something. I don't think she's crazy. I think, though, that, no. yeah, she just saw a fucking high-tech military jet prototype that they're like, yeah, oh, fuck. Could have even been a helicopter. <laughs> Give, given the fact that yeah, it was I keeping mean, it was... up the speed of a car, it was probably more likely a helicopter. Because <laughs> I don't know if you could keep a jet in well, flight at that low speed. Mind you, you can have jump Helicopters jets. kind of have like a specific look. Yeah, all the ones that we know. That's true. <laughs> got a, uh, I got a world record here for you. Did you know there Ooh. is a world record for highest altitude skateboarding? O- okay. Did you know it's held by at least one Australian? No, it's I did not. held by two people. Uh, mm-hmm. So the record was done at 5,700 meters above sea level uh, on top of a volcano in the Atacama Desert in Chile. Mm-hmm. Do you want to guess what Australian did it? You do know this person. Oh, do I? Yeah. We've mentioned him before no on the idea. podcast. I have no idea. It's Julian O'Shea. What? <laughs> Julian O'Shea's Are a- Are you kidding me? He's a Guinness World Record holder for skateboarding. Julian? <laughs> what the fuck? <laughs> yeah. Okay. No way. It was achieved by Sam Newstead and Julian O'Shea from Australia. I think Sam Newstead is also from Australia. Just by how the articles, uh, well, by how the records listed, and they did it at the Sayacaba volcano in the Atacama Desert in Chile on the 29th of June, 2019. Get the fuck out of here! Yeah, they used like special wheels for off-road skateboarding, and they skateboarded a volcano in the Atacama Desert. I mean, that's just like a cool thing to be able to say that you did. Yeah. Not only that, did you know Julian O'Shea also won the South Australian State uh, Young Australian of the Year award in 2014? No, I, I mean, I'll be honest, I'd never heard of him before TikTok. I know, right? No, he popped up on my YouTube suggestions the other yesterday. Actually, that's when I found out. Yeah, all he was in mine today. Him. Yeah, weird. Um, but he's an award-winning young engineer, actually. So he doesn't just go around doing TikToks for a living. He's, well, well I mean, he actually, he's a I've, job. I never assumed that was his job because his numbers aren't huge on TikTok. But uh, and I know we've that. said in the past that like I'm like I hope your city has a Julian O'Shea, and I mean it doubly now because um, <laughs> have you heard about Doctors Without Borders? Yes, or I know did, what that is. Yeah, well, basically, it sounds like he is the creator and director of engineers without borders right okay uh which i think he's an impressive which is what he won australian young australian of the year south australia for in 2014 why is he not talking about this stuff on tiktok i know (laughs) yeah so under his leadership the organization has gone on to contribute life-changing projects such as uh improving pipe design in landslide affected regions of east timor uh, designing and installing rainwater harvesting systems to secure safe drinking water in Cambodian schools. Mm-hmm. Uh, and he's developed an iPhone app to help people give culturally appropriate acknowledgements to country traditional owners. So if you ever want to... So in Australia, there's this big movement side now where like, we're trying to give acknowledgement to the people who had the land before you came right. in and took yep. it. You can download Julian's app. It will tell you what country you're standing in. Wow, okay. Or like what First Nations country you're standing in. Wow, okay, interesting. Yeah, so he believes, uh, he's guided by belief that technology can be a force for good and help the most disadvantaged in our community. So, uh, yeah, oh, Julian O'Shea. Julian! Really cool dude. Check him out. Yeah. Yeah, definitely check him out on TikTok. He just, like, says some, just does really interesting stuff. But now I know all of this about him. It's, like, way more interesting. Yeah, I was like, hell yeah, subscribe. And I barely subscribed to anyone on YouTube. And apparently he's building a solar-powered tuk-tuk to travel around Australia in, or he's done it. I'm not too sure how that one's working out yet. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, Julian, if you hear this somehow, 
Talk about this shit on TikTok. <laughs> and for the record, he is a fully qualified uh, engineer. I guess you could probably gather that fact since well, he started I, I a group called out. Engineers um, Without Borders. But Wow, okay. Yeah. I can't believe that. So I saw all that and I'm like, well, the rest of my stories... I had another story I was going to do, but I was like, no, nah, I'm going to talk about Julian O'Shea. <laughs> Good on you, Julian. Yeah. Well, I like him even more now. Yeah. He actually... um. I watched a video of his where there's a model of the solar system down in St. Kilda, actually. Like a scale model. And you can walk the oh, distance really? of the sun to Pluto. It's about a 5k walk. Wow, okay. And along That's the way, cool. there's like, you start at the sculpture of the sun, and it's all like, scale accurate. And like, the Pluto thing is so funny. It's so tiny. And in fact, you can walk, because of the scale that they used for the uh, walk, you can mm-hmm. walk to the next star, and like, the next closest star to us, which is Alpha Centauri. Mm-hmm. Now, to get to that... Because of how it works out, the distance between our sun and Alpha Centauri is, uh, once you convert it down to the scale for the models they were using, is 44,000 kilometers, which happily worked out to be about the circumference of the Earth. So they're actually able to put this Alpha Centauri into the model because it's technically accurate. You're just meant to walk around the planet once before you get to it. Oh, okay. <laughs> That's cool. Yeah. I wish I could leave my house. Yeah, I was like, oh, I want to go to St. Kilda and do this walk. <laughs> Yeah, same. That'd be fun. Mm. Okay, well, I kind of feel like my last story pales in comparison to all that impressiveness. <laughs> but, you know, I've got a nice little little animal story, because okay. basically the bread and butter of this podcast. <laughs> Poops um, and animals. Poop and animals. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> pretty much. So, do you know where Glenory is? Uh, it's ringing a bell. Yeah, Glen, Glen what? Glenory. 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 So it's actually very close to where I grew up. So I guess if, I guess most people don't know, I grew up in Riverston, which is a very like northwest town in Sydney. It's a very small town. I would say that it's barely Sydney anymore. It's a Glenory here in Melbourne, so it got thrown off. It's a Glenroy, oh. sorry. You want to correct me too? Glenory. Ah, yeah. So it's, it. you know, like in the article they say Sydney suburb, uh, Glenory. It's debatable. Fringe suburb, yeah. Very fringe, very fringe. Although it is happened only- in Glenory. 47 kilometers from the uh, I don't know. CBD. Up in the area, it's barely, barely Sydney anymore. Because, I mean, like, you get not far after that, and then you're in the Blue Mountains, basically, so. Yeah. Yeah, it's only about 30k, though, from the CBD. Really? Yeah. It was further than that. Oh, it felt further. Straight line distance. I should probably say what happened there. Nah, that's it. Have you heard about Glenory? Um, yep. Cool. Thank cool. you. Uh, <laughs> Geography lesson over. <laughs> if you've been to uh, Glenory and you'd like to tell us, you can visit us at- <laughs> No, so what happened was um, at the local Woolies in the spy section, it was just the three-meter python casually hanging out. Nice. What was he buying? Um, don't know. <laughs> so um, a, a woman named Helena was out shopping for some spices to add to Monday night's dinner when suddenly she realized there was a diamond python about 20 centimeters from her face. <laughs> However, she said, I just I just thought I wanted to say hello. <laughs> Um, so Woolworth staff did respond quickly and cordoned the area off so that no one else was getting a snake in their face. Um, however, they were lucky uh, that Helena was the one that the snake decided to say hello to because she used to be a volunteer snake catcher. <laughs> <laughs> so she just nipped home, got her equipment, came back and got the snake out of the spice rack. I feel like only in Australia. It's like, oh, hello. <laughs> so she says that she later released it into nearby bushland. Um, but she also had this to say about the python. She said, <laughs> it was chill and not aggressive at all. It wasn't in a defensive position. It slithered right into the bag. I'm used to seeing snakes in weird places, but I wouldn't expect it to be in Woolworths. Like, how did it get in that far? 
I don't know. She said uh, in the article, she said that she thought that it was sleeping behind the spices. So it was probably there for a while and no one knew. I, look, I do say this, but then I think back to all the times in New Guinea where my dad had snakes in his supermarkets. And a lot of the mm. time he would, despite the fact he's terrified of snakes, leave them there. So you go to the supermarket and you'd look up and like on top of the air conditioning unit, the snake would be sleeping there during the day. Yeah. Uh, but the reason he'd leave it there is because it's pest control effectively. He's like, oh, I mean, if he's, look, he's like, if I got the snake living there, the mice, no mice come. <laughs> and if they do, know, they get if, eaten. I think I'd prefer a mouse over a snake, but that's me. Yeah. The snake wasn't eating his stock. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I guess that's true. Um, so obviously diamond pythons aren't venomous at all, um, but they do still have teeth that aren't much fun when they bite you. They're more crushiness. Yeah. So like um, most pythons have like a sort of plate-like set of teeth. Their teeth are slightly curved, and they're designed to break off when they bite you. Yuck. Splintery. <laughs> yeah. It's not great. I mean, have you ever have you ever seen anyone bitten by a python before? I have. I think so. I think we've weird. looked at it before on this show. We've mentioned this. It's not good. Like, it'd fucking hurt. Um, especially one that's three meters. Like, I'll show you the picture. It is a sizable snake. Is that those pictures, uh, the footage you see of those guys who, like, have to pull iguanas out of shopping centers and stuff, you know. Not iguanas. What do you go over here? Goannas. Goannas. I mean, they're fucked, though. They actually are venomous, so. Yeah, well, they're related to Komodo dragons, so it makes sense. I mean, I kind of want to boop at Snoot. I did see this image, actually, earlier in the week. I (laughs) I mean, honestly, it's like, it's a, it looks big. Like, its head is not small. Maybe he's like. Especially because you have um, the spices to give scale. Maybe, maybe he's like. Is this like, is this the snake, is it's like Adam and Eve, but instead of the apple, it's the spice rack? <laughs> <laughs> Maybe. Just tempting people with Lady. spices. Um, on, take it. Why, 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 why won't your God let you have turmeric? But yeah, so um, look, I, 10 out of 10 wouldn't recommend having a snake in your face, even if it's not venomous. Mm. So maybe just like next time you're in Woolies, just check the spice rack and make sure. <laughs> I just, I love that the person that it decided to get in the face of was a snake catcher. Maybe it knew. Maybe it was like, fuck, I'm stuck. Oh, this person looks like a snake catcher. <laughs> I can tell. She's, she's got the look. Yeah. I'll try it. <laughs> Let me out, please. But yeah. Snakes. Australia. I feel like it's a thing. Snake a snake. I'm a snake. I can't believe you didn't know about that until I showed it to you. Yeah. I can't be responsible for seeing all the weird stuff on the internet. But it was such like, it was at a time where there wasn't that much weird stuff. Mm. Like, do you know what I mean? It was like part of that like first wave of memes and there wasn't like a lot of them. I mean, there weren't even memes yet. Man, I do see some weird shit on the internet though. You certainly do. (laughs) I mean, I've seen you scroll through TikTok and I don't know what the fuck is happening. (laughs) It's good. (laughs) It's it's good. I like it. (laughs) Very like... God, Joel Haver's latest video. Fuck, he's done two this week actually. He's doing a series where like he goes and visits YouTubers in his van because he's mm-hmm. like moved into like living in a van and driving around America. And so he's like visiting other YouTubers, mm-hmm. and um, at the end of each episode, he ends up killing them for like some reason. Like they say something to him that he doesn't like, or like he feels like they're belittling him. So like in the first one, he like broke someone's neck, and the next one, he ran someone over in a box. And it's become this really disturbing side series where he's like some sort of serial killer going out there and getting rid of his competition. <laughs> I think I think you should specify that he's not actually killing them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, no. Like it's all part of a joke, <laughs> and it's all just like funny shit. Um, and then like he did another one where it's like a continuation of a series of his that I hadn't seen before about living with this weird guy called Botuga and his extended family. And every episode, somehow, the demon Mikael gets summoned. Okay. 
Um, your YouTube recommendations are wildly different to mine. What are yours about? Let's have a look. Um, a lot of Machine Gun Kelly. Mm. A lot of drama channels. Uncle Roger. A lot of reacting to TikToks. <laughs> yeah, no, I don't have any of those. Um, right now in my top recommendations, uh, the first one is don't do this to your Eevee. And then another one about how Roblox is exploiting young game developers. Someone remade Star Wars Trench Run in a day. Uh, a video from Julian O'Shea telling me how big Europe really is. <laughs> um, some sort of meat canyon animation, so that's definitely going to be disturbing to watch. And then the rest is like, I don't know, I'm not too happy with my algorithm at the moment. It's offering me too much stuff that I don't really want to watch. Yeah, same. Like, it offers me a lot of drama shit, and I don't, like, I already have people that I watch for that, so I don't need these recommendations, and, like, please stop. I don't need them. Yeah. But, have you heard about Ollie London? I have no idea who that is. He's a person who has decided that he identifies as Korean. Oh, yes, I have heard about it. He's, had, he's the one who's had all those mm. operations, and now he's saying he is Korean? Yes. Yes. Okay. Sure, buddy. It's uh, very problematic. Sure. There's just some wild stuff out there on the internet. I feel like that's is he the changing, most redundant is, statement is he, I've ever made. Is he made. changing his name from Ollie London? Is he now so. Ollie Gungam? No, I don't think so. Well, it's not a very Korean name. <laughs> I don't know. It's a... Uh, it's, it's something, all right. All right. Well, this is going to be a lot to edit. Yeah, sorry about that. It's all right. It's my fault that we're recording today anyway, so. Ooh. I also have a recommended from Julian O'Shea. Why do, you keep, why do trucks keep smashing into this bridge? Oh, yeah. I haven't watched that one yet. <laughs> if you know why the trucks keep smashing yeah. into that bridge in Melbourne, you can send us an email about it at fmbdeadpodcast at gmail.com. You can find us on Twitter and Instagram at fmbdeadpodcast and visit our website at fmbdeadpodcast.com. Please like, subscribe, leave a review, tell your friends, let your parents know. Maybe not that one. <laughs> but maybe. Depends how cool your parents are. Yeah. And if, for whatever reason, as always, you'd like to donate to the show, you can do so over at ko-fi.com forward slash fmdeadpodcast. That's https colon forward slash forward slash co hyphen fee dot com forward slash fmdeadpodcast. Why? Why? <laughs> okay. Well, I feel like this is going to be long, so I'm just going to wrap it up. Um, thanks again for listening this week, and we'll be back. Can't even say it. We'll be back at the same time next week. Ta-ta and farewell. Goodbye.